0: Tensions, presented by BHDP, where we discuss trends in architectural and interior design and the competing priorities or tensions that arise from integrating new ideas into existing organizations, enterprises and institutions. This episode, Vega Americas, Manufacturing a Headquarters for the Future, we are joined by John Cronenberger, Co-CEO of Vega Americas, and Michael Verdier, Industrial Market Leader and Partner at BHDP john and michael share how the precision and structure of bhdp's design process mirrored vegas process and ultimately uncovered crucial design and location decisions for the organization's north american headquarters i'm your host brian trainer senior strategist for bhdp and i'll let our guests introduce themselves further
1: so uh, my name is john cronenberger i'm the co-ceo of vega americas we are a subsidiary of a German-based company called Vega, Global Organization. And what we do at Vega is we make instrumentation, high-tech instrumentation that measures level and pressure for process industry to help with process and factory automation. Thank you for that.
0: Michael, would you like to introduce yourself?
2: Yeah, sure. Thank you, Brian. So I'm Michael Verdeer. I'm one of the principals at BHTP Architecture. We're an architectural design firm based in Cincinnati, Ohio. Within the firm, I lead what we call our integrated industrial design market. So supporting clients like Vega that have uh, manufacturing, warehousing, and distribution operations.
0: Thank you, Michael. So John, part of the reason we invited you here today is we know that Vega has a new facility. And we wanted to talk a little bit about that in the process of getting to where you are today. You had a Vega HQ in Oakley and actually BHDP helped with that, I think back in like 2013 or 14. What was the main driver for moving to a new campus?
1: It's pretty simple for us. We continue to have amazing customers that give us a lot of opportunity to, to, to help them. And, and with growth came the issue of being landlocked here. We just had to begin looking for a new North American headquarters, and the decision was to try to squeeze growth onto this campus we have here in Oakley or find another site in the greater Cincinnati area. And our, uh, our board in Germany decided that uh, the best opportunity for us, thinking long-term in terms of generations, was to do a site selection and start over and build an entirely new advanced manufacturing facility for the future.
0: Thank you, John. I know, Michael, you were a big part of that in helping make that decision, you know, through BHDP's process. How did you get to the decision that, hey, maybe it's time to be somewhere else?
2: Back in 2018, 2019, John and his team commissioned us to do a site facility master plan at the Oakley facility. And we master planned that based on a growth strategy that John and his team outlined for us developed a couple of options on the site and I think it's a very challenging site. it's up on a ridge. through all the options that we developed, none of them really met the long-term goals and vision that John and his team set out for us. and as John mentioned, coordinating with his leadership team in Germany, the decision was made let's look for a greenfield site somewhere in the Cincinnati area and that's when we embarked on an effort with John. Thank you, Michael.
0: One of the things, though, I wanted to talk about is BHDP, we have a bit of a deliberate, upfront design process. And I wanted to know, John, from your perspective, what about that was appealing or was it frustrating? And what did you discover from that process
1: about where you were to where you wanted to be? You know, I wouldn't say the process is ever frustrating. What I've learned from BHDP when, when they did the renovation of our campus up here, and I, I lose track of time, I think that probably was 14, 15 what we learned from that process is you have to have a lot of trust in your architect, right? So, uh, however much we want to control and think that we understand the process, we don't. The architect is just one part of the key group that's going to help you through the whole renovation or building process. When Michael was doing the study up here in Oakley, he had a process. He described the process, walked through it. We told him what our vision was, and we trusted that what they would deliver would be correct. And I think that we understood that process a little more. When we embarked on the Greenfield operation, I think I had no idea what that process would entail. And the first thing that Michael suggested as we walked through the whole program was we probably get on a plane and, and go visit our partners in Germany to make sure they understand what the whole process entailed. So you take a company that products are based on precision and structure, and we kind of partner up with an architect whose entire process is based on precision and structure. And I learned early on that I had to trust that process. Michael and I had our debates. We had our healthy tension. But through that process, we gained a lot of trust in BHDP. And I'm not a marketing guy. I'm an accountant by background and an op excellence guy through the profession. And so having me go through visionary studies and seeing different colored post-it notes and talking about what I might think something (laughs) feels like, that was hard for me. That was stretching me. But as, as we came to each gate and we saw what the work product was and we were able to share that with our board and our family owners in Germany, it became clear that the process works, trust it, and just continue down the path.
0: Yeah, being a company that relies on precision in the services that you provide or the products that you provide, it's nice to know that we had a very deliberate system in place and that was appealing to that process. But it's also about relationships and are these going to be good partnerships? You talked about, we call it creative conflict, those uh, tensions, but that actually works to help better the product sometime, that steel sharpening steel moment.
1: Everybody has their own term. We, we talk about it, again, healthy tension. And we think like that. the best breakthroughs exist just below the barrier between healthy tension and where you get the unhealthy tension. You don't want to live there. You never want to live there because that that's stretching the rubber band too tight too long. But getting there for breakthroughs is a really good thing. And, Michael, I think you and I would say we weren't at that barometer the whole time, but whenever we got to that point, we typically had breakthrough.
2: Yeah, and I think a lot of that comes from you know, our design process, you know, that front end piece, you know, the understand and discover. I mean, what we're really trying to do is know what the goals and the vision are of our client. Those process steps or exercises that we go through allow us to get into your head and the team's head and, and really get clarity on what your future headquarters is going to be. Sometimes that's new for clients or customers, and we got to kind of show them that roadmap and what those deliverables be coming out of each phase, showing examples so they know why we're asking the questions we are and why we're doing post-it notes or looking doing imagery sessions and things like that. But it's really so we can deliver the right facility for you that's going to meet your needs short-term and long-term
0: as a strategist john some of the things that i've heard through running our processes what's with all this touchy-feely stuff and it's funny for you see all these colors and thing from the engineering brain but then in the end seeing what the output of the process is and just trusting that it's there for a reason i thought that was pretty interesting were there things through that process that you discovered or maybe surprised you that had a big influence on the design for the new facility what were the some of the drivers that came out of that
1: You know, just like when we renovated up here, Michael talked about the team, and it wasn't just the Vega team. I I learned a lot about how creative our Vega team is. I learned a lot that the more time we spent with BHDP, the more likely they were going to provide input that was going to help mold the building. It wasn't just Michael trying to, he talked about pulling it out of us, and I'm sure there's some of that that existed. But the more time we spent together, the more likely it was that anybody in the group, was going to suggest something that we were all going to love. You know, I liked our vision statement that we talked about. The one piece of the vision statement, I think is how you guys coined it, Michael, was kind of the hell yes, which made me chuckle. And we had to explain that to our German partners and maybe translate that a little bit. But there were these, I think, four or five phrases that we wanted to, at the end of the project, look back and say, did we achieve this? And we want people to look at this. We want to look at the final project and be like, Hell yes, that exactly fits the Vega mold for the next two or three generations. And when they put that on the page and we saw the imagery brochure with that, it was fun to see and it kind of drove us a little bit.
2: Yeah, I remember, John, as we were going through that, and this is part of the discovery process for us is, you know, you being in Oakley and then moving your operations up to Mason, Ohio, there were some concerns about people that might live in northern Kentucky and are they going to be willing to relocate to the new site because it's maybe a longer commute. And that's it. You wanted to create this sense of excitement about the facility and people to be eager and willing to make that additional journey in the morning and in the evening to get to that site. So there was a lot of things that, that I commend you on that you, you incorporated into the program to create that sense of excitement, or as we coined it, that hell yes moment. Yeah. You kind of presented this new facility design and rendering to your organization.
0: Thank you, Michael, because I remember we talked a little bit beforehand about that y- hell yes first impression, but there was this also that that stay place. You wanted to create a place that people wanted to come to. Michael, do you remember some of the other success drivers that came out of
2: that? Yeah, I mean, one was certainly being connected. You know, The existing campus in Oakley, it's three separate buildings, and I think that's one of the things that Vega wanted to create, the sense of community, connectedness, even from the corporate office area out into manufacturing. And we certainly we achieved that in the new design, high quality, with Vega being a German-based company, you know, all about precision, as John mentioned. So high quality was certainly part of the goal. And then growth. And we've got kind of this phase one expansion in Mason, but really understanding in year 5, 10, 15, how does Vega see their business growing? Are there new products they want to introduce and we want to make sure that we do the siting study and that we plan phase one so that Vega could grow in the future without having interruptions or disruptions to ongoing operations so they could grow, you know, without shutting down business and also to minimize cost.
0: That's really great. So some of the things that I saw about the project that came out of that visioning exercise, there was the desire to recreate the Black Forest in Germany, but in Mason, Ohio. What did you do to achieve that goal? of bringing some of the home office. Black Forest in Germany is a very distinct region. And if you're going to do it anywhere, Cincinnati is a great place
1: for that because it has a pretty strong German heritage. But what were some of the things that were done? For me, you know, first of all, we wanted to respect that we're a German-owned company. That's something that we're very, very proud of. But we're also Cincinnati- based company you know things that we wanted to do to respect the black forest and show that view a lot of the trees are going to be you know evergreen type trees that you find in the black forest the wood tones are going to be very much what you you might find in the black forest even the site that we selected when our friends from germany came over and our board came over to look at the site and they saw the greenfield area they saw the tree line and i think it reminded them i know it reminded them of a lot of the the black forest tree lines and, and they could see a little bit of germany on that site and that's what we want our customers to feel. So it's not just the feel of just the Black Forest. That's not what we want. We're not paying homage to something we're respecting. It's a high degree of respect for what we, and I say we meaning the generations since the 1950s, have built this organization called Vega. And we want to make sure we respect that not only the past, but also the future. And that is the German history that we have. And so from that perspective, it's super exciting. From a customer perspective, we want them to go to the to the Black Forest and Visit Germany, and then we want them to come to Cincinnati and see that there are a lot of similarities. Whether you're Germany, the UK, the United States, Mexico, we're all Vega. And that's the continued messaging that we want people to see. And and we think we've delivered that by giving a little bit of that not only
2: Black Forest feel, but global feel. I think being able to travel to Germany really allowed us to kind of internalize what all that meant. We started doing the visioning and the goal setting early on it was pretty clear there was this corporate commitment to sustainability. Even when we were looking at some of the other greenfield sites around Cincinnati, I know at one time, you know, we looked at structured parking. We wanted to preserve as much green space as possible on each one of these sites. We didn't want to do a lot of clearing and grubbing. We wanted to create kind of these natural environments for the employees, almost like an amenity space, an outdoor amenity space, you know, with trails and things like that. It was good to understand that. And even on the site that they selected in Mason, I think it's about 50 acres. I mean, we were only touching probably about 30 of it. You talk about how do you achieve the black forest in Cincinnati or Mason. Well, besides having a, a large landscaping budget for the job, because I mean, there's a lot of landscaping, hardscaping, and it's beautiful. That was one of the other things that when you're in the office and you're looking out, They did not want to see asphalt in parking lots. From a sightline standpoint, there's there's a lot of studies and work done on that, too, to give people the impression that they are in in kind of a forest environment, even when they're in the office.
1: I'm a longtime Cincinnatian, and I love Cincinnati, so I can say this, but there might not be anything more beautiful than the Black Forest. So however much we try to recreate it, it's pretty difficult to recreate something like that. It's a beautiful place. And Cincinnati's amazing, too. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair enough.
0: and I, I think it is interesting when you're talking about you know deliberate thought into what people see when they're inside, looking outside, as opposed to you know what does the building look like from the outside as well. That's an impressive level of attention. But there's a lot that goes on in the site there. So you have not just the corporate function, which is more like the workplace, but there's also a production facility. And then you have the sales component where there's this element where people come in and learn about the new instruments and such. How well does that balance? How well do those different zones interact with each
1: other? You know, we we have different buildings here. So putting everything in one building or basically buildings that are together, is going to be all new to us. And we want people to feel like it's one place. So we want customers to interact and, and feel like, you know, under supervision, get to the to the plant floor, the manufacturing floor, and we're all going to eat together, for example, in a cafeteria. And we don't do that now because we have three separate buildings. So all these are things that had to be considered, which is great for our future. You know, part of the reason why we went through the process, I now see, you don't see it when you're going through it. But part of the reason why we went through the process and trusted the process is that there are so many hours, thousands of hours probably, where architects from not only BHDP, but some of your partners are involved in doing renderings, doing drawings, looking at data, talking about what Vega wants. And those thousands of hours that are devoted to that, nobody from Vega is even in the room, ever. And I now see that it's really important for Michael and some of his team to have come to the Black Forest or his team to be plugged in from the early stages so that when these thousands of hours occur with no Vega people, and then they deliver a work product to us, It can't be like one of like 50 iterations. You know, we don't have time for that. So it's got to be one of like one and a half iterations, right? My gut tells me that in those meetings that, again, I wasn't in, my partner wasn't in, probably it was Michael fighting for what he knew Isabel wanted because he heard Isabel tell him this, or he knew what Vega wanted because BHDP has been part of the project since 2012, 13, 14, when we renovated on this campus. So that was really important. It's not just slapping up four walls and a roof. That was never the design here. For us, it was really important. I would never think about what I see when I look out the window. Uh, I'm just working, right? (laughs) But I need creative people to remember, hey, these people need to see green when they look out the window. Everybody needs to have sunlight from wherever they sit. We need to make sure that they can have access to the cafeteria. The cafeteria has to have wood tones so they feel like they're in a comfortable place. Those are things that probably were of discussed with the BHDP architect team when we weren't there, and that's what I'm thankful for because we are where we are now, on path, on track because of those things. And you know, I don't want to underestimate the other partners. BHDP has been great, but there's been tons of other people, Messer Construction and Mason, Ohio, and... You court, of course, all the people from Germany. but I just think there are a lot of pieces of the puzzle. And one of those key pieces was all the the structure and the the program that Michael and his
2: team brought to the table. Yeah, it was really valuable to go to go to Germany, and uh, you know one of the things I had really never seen before in the manufacturing environment was multi-story manufacturing. Now I know most of yours is most of your work is is more assembly. Type work. It's not like high speed converters, but going vertical because of wanting to preserve, you know, the natural environment in in Shiloh Talk. And I, I know it's right along the river as well. It allowed us to think about things differently as well. Thank you, Michael.
0: Yeah, I think what I was trying to get at is that you did have three basically silos on the Oakley campus and now you're bringing that together and so there's different users of those different zones. It sounds like there was a lot of thought put into the experience of each person as they come in because that hell yeah moment might be different for each one of those groups and what they see and what they experience when they come into the
1: space. Yeah maybe they see it differently but our big push was that we wanted everybody to feel like one. We have an amazing culture but even with three buildings there are days where Our training building and our sales building, they might as well be 100 miles apart, not 45 feet. And so for us, the opportunity to put everybody on one campus in one primary building or one airspace together was super exciting for us. At Vega, it's always about the people and the people are all together. It's kind of that the cliche of one for all, all for one. But nobody's different. Nobody's more important. And so we wanted to make sure that everybody has equal opportunity and equal access to what's great about Vega. That's what we espouse to our customers. Listen, you get the best instrumentation in the world. Doesn't matter if you order one or 10,000, you get the best. And so why wouldn't we do the same with our employees? So this was that opportunity. And I think Michael and his team saw that. I know Isabel and her vision saw that and the family. And then, you know, we're blessed that we have the resources and the support from our German parent to be able to execute it. We're just like touching the surface of this thing. I mean, we're, we're like 14 months out or 13 months out from being done. And, and you know, it needs to get here now because I, I'm ready to not be in three buildings. So uh, Michael, I wanted to ask you a question. Also who's Isabel? So maybe I'll, uh, I, I should explain that a little bit. So Isabel Greisoper is the, she's the global CEO um, of Vega. She is family. The Grease family owns the Vega organization. She is third generation. And so Isabel's an amazing creative leader with a marketing background who took over her role. I could be wrong, but maybe in the last two to two to four years. And she's charged with kind of putting us on that rocket ship to the next couple generation growth. Again, Michael Metter, she's She's got great vision. She wants people to lead this organization forward. She cares first about people, and those people are both customers and and employees. And there's nothing more important than that. And then, you know, our technology takes over after we know the people.
2: I mean, her commitment to the people, like you say, and the culture, just in some of the amenity spaces, John, that you built in, you know, you mentioned the cafeteria, there's a wellness or fitness center, a break room. I mean, there's, and as you said, there's no hierarchy within Vegas organization. Everybody gets to eat in the same cafeteria together, use all those facilities. So yeah, I mean, that, that was part of what we had to understand at the very beginning. You know, what kind of culture did you have and, and did you want to create? And Isabel helped bring that to life for us.
0: Yeah, and Nobody knows the culture better than the third generation, right? That's, that's a pretty deep, steeped history there. But what was that like, Michael? Coordinating projects is always an interesting feat, but now you're doing it not just globally, but then locally. So you've got the city of Mason, but also Germany. What did
2: you do to keep that coordination flowing? Most of our reviews were with John and his leadership team here in Cincinnati, and then they would ask us to package things up a certain way for their formal presentations, you know, monthly or quarterly, to get to those milestones of, you know, agreement. So then we can move on to the next phase of design. There was only a few, I would say, direct reviews with Germany. At the very beginning, when we started the project, as we completed kind of the, the siting analysis for the different properties and just before we started the detailed design, that's when Tom Ahrens and I traveled to Germany with John to see the Shieldtalk facility, meet with Isabel, you know, to get a sense of could we all work well together? But most of the reviews were, were done with John and his leadership team.
1: I would just say that's one really cool thing about What we have here at Vega is that we have a team that collaborates. So I have a partner, John Groom, who handles all the customer facing activities, very enormous part of Vega Americas, the biggest part of Vega Americas. And he provides tons of view from the customer perspective, the marketing perspective. And then our manufacturing manager, Ron Foltz, he's on the core team. And then Jason Fuller, our marketing manager. So the four of us together we were really charged with making sure that we were communicating and collaborating closely with BHDP and then providing that feedback to Germany when we thought certain gates existed. And, and the good thing about our German board is they're very intentional about what those gates are. They wanna make sure that we provide them information, that we give them a chance to offer input. And so it was really John Groom and John Cronenberg's responsibility to make sure we were providing that feedback. And then at the right time, is- Isabel or her team can always step in and ask for further input. But, you know, Michael brought up the trip that he and Tom took to Jeremy. And I think that did a lot to solidify the relationship, give confidence in the process. I mean, it wasn't just the process for BHDP. I mean, I'm responsible and accountable to, to Isabel and, and John Groom's accountable to Isabel. So it was a little bit of making sure that they had confidence that John and I could pull off the project as well. And and I would say that's, that's still a work in progress. I mean, every day is an opportunity to, to make sure we're holding ourselves accountable for success, right? Yeah, but it sounds like they've got a lot of trust in the right people. I feel good about it. I'll know for sure in June of 2022 when they show up and take a look at the building.
2: That'll be interesting. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know, Brian, you mentioned trust, and John touched on it a little bit uh, ago. There, there's a lot of partners involved in bringing this new facility to life for Vega. John mentioned Messer Construction. We've got another a, a number of design consults. But one of the things that I really appreciated that John and his team did is engaging, you know, the city of Mason early. This is an R and D park. Vega has acquired the first piece of property in a park that. Really hasn't been developed yet, and so there's a lot of coordination that had to go on with the city, uh, Greater Cincinnati Waterworks, Duke Energy, you know, Cincinnati Bell, and others, and a lot of due diligence that had to go on. You know, whether it was a site survey, a phase one environmental, geotech. John's team was aware of the importance of engaging all of those organizations early on so that it was really a collaborative experience. And along the way, you know, there was, there was some challenges and just having that relationship early on with like the city of Mason, they could jump in and help us. Just having that foresight that John and his team did to early on engage Mason and not just do it themselves, but pull BHTP in, it was, it was easy enough for us to pick up the phone and call them and have the conversation and, then, and they support us. It made the project much more smooth, I would say having those relationships early on.
0: Michael, those relationships sound like they're very important. John, when you do take those keys and maybe Isabel comes from Germany to see the site for the first time, what are you most excited to show
1: her? What are you excited about? What do you look forward to using when you get there? I know what I'm excited to find out. I'm excited to find out what our employees think. That's kind of step one. I can't wait to see and hear see what they think, hear what they tell me about how they like the facility, because that will be a big, big response to me. I'm pretty confident I know how they'll feel, but I can't wait for that day. Of course, I'm looking forward to hearing how our owners in Germany feel about, you know, how we did, whether we met their vision. I'm super interested to hear from our customers when they come and visit, what they think about our facility. And frankly, I'm, I'm kind of just excited to get down to work and seeing what the next 25 and 50 and 100 years holds for Vega. That's really what it's all about is we know at Vega, all of us are kind of one piece of the puzzle. We are not the puzzle. We have a role to play. We play that role. And our job is to position and preserve and grow for that next generation that's gonna take it over. And I think that's the other thing I'm excited about is I won't be at Vega in 40 years to see what's happening, but I feel pretty confident that what we're building in Mason Somebody in 40 years will still be very, very proud of that. And somebody in Germany will be very, very proud of that. It ensures that Vega will be here for generations to come. That's what I'm excited for.
0: That's a great answer, John. Michael, is there anything else you wanted to talk about? Like, Was there part of the project that you, you know, enjoyed the most or something that surprised
2: you through the whole process? I don't know if there's anything that surprised me. I mean, mean, I've been doing this for what, 30 years. So there's not a whole lot that I haven't encountered along the way. There's always unexpected items or challenges that occur. And what I tell our team is, look, just like I said, I've been doing this for 30 years and every project I've worked on gets built. I would say, again, John having the foresight of, of bringing those partners early And also Messer construction. I think budget is always a factor and having a partner like Messer on the team that as we came out of concept, they were able to give us a budget where they thought the project was going to land, being locked arm in arm and making some choices on you know, size of buildings uh, finishes materials different pieces of equipment the way we source the equipment you know those kind of ideas creative ideas to bring the cost down were very beneficial i think that's usually one of the biggest challenges on a job is you, know, you go into it and there's this great idea of what the project's going to be and we want to deliver that but we got to do it in a cost effective way you know having a solid construction partner on board with us throughout the journey is extremely valuable.
1: Can I throw one other thing out there that that I think is applicable here? I can't overemphasize. I can't say it enough. Everybody's got this role to play. So Michael and I get to sit here and, and explain about the project. My role really is probably pretty small in the project. And th- there are a lot of people that are involved that you just have to empower them and trust them and then know that they have a role to play. And I'll give just, let me give one example on the BHDP side. There's tons on the Vega side. I got tons of people here that are just amazing, but you know, when Lynn Weirich came into the project, he came in very early on and, you know, I saw a lot of people from BHDP, so I don't want to just call out Lynn, but that's just one example of you start to realize the role and the impact someone can have on the job and you trust and you learn and you, empower them and you lean on them a little bit and you know there are times where Michael fades away from the project because he's he's got responsibilities that I know outside of Vega that's okay and and a guy like Lynn is like the glue that just holds it together and just he's the the engineer that just keeps it moving and if I got an issue I can go to Michael but there are times when we're in the heat of the battle where you know my go-to person is Lynn and he doesn't care if I call him on his cell phone if he's busy, he'll tell me, I'll call you back in five minutes or, but if he's not busy, it doesn't matter what time he'll take my call and he'll figure it out. And you start to learn that all these people, these are the puzzle pieces that go together. And it's not just this project or just BHDP, although I think it's a big thing or not just vague, although I think that's a big thing, but it's understanding that there are roles that everybody plays. And if you trust it, empower them, utilize them, let them lead, let them participate. It's just it's amazing what they can do and i've got 350 of them at vega that do it on a day-to-day basis but on the project with vega you know, there's probably 15 people here that have done 10 times the work that john cronenberger's done but that's what's fun to see and that's the result we're going to get so maybe those were the things that i learned is that you know michael's got a team behind him and you just got to trust him it's not just michael and michael's great but it's the lens of the world and, and and michael i don't know the people on the the egd side i know they did a great job with john groom and and Jason. so I don't mean to leave them out, but I just know yeah. Lynn because if an issue comes up at, in 10 minutes after we're done with this call and I don't know what to do, it's related to the design of the building. I know the hotline number I'm calling, it's Lynn Wyrick, and probably Lynn's <laughs> going to have my answer by 5 a.m. tomorrow morning.
2: Good to hear that's you say a- that. That's what we try to do. We try to surround ourselves with great people to be responsive to you, John, so I appreciate those words. I didn't pay John to say that either.
1: I know. It, that's <laughs> good to know. On all the sides. that, that, that that's probably. I mean, that's a whole nother podcast on why cultures and different companies, similar cultures seem to gravitate together. It's because they have similar values. They have similar DNA. They're very intentional about how they do things. They have similar soft skill training. They care about people. I mean on and on and on. so. We can table that. See, I told you, Brian. If you let me go off script, we'll have more <laughs> podcasts. Yeah. The problem is, I'll follow you there.
0: <laughs> That's great, Michael. Did you have anything else? Any final thoughts before we go?
2: I look forward to John and the rest of the Vega team, you know, taking occupancy in the building, and three months later, checking in with them and to see if we delivered against those design drivers. You know, was it that you know kind of hell yes moment? I think it's a beautiful building. You know, for us. The design is really Vega's design. All we did was facilitate the journey. It's really going to be their home for the next 50 years. I'm glad and proud to be a part of it. And, you know, I too am excited to see after Vega takes occupancy, just kind of the experience, the expressions on their face and look forward to visiting it.
0: You know, what might be an interesting exercise for you, John, and your team is when leadership comes from Germany and they visit the facility and the tour is done go back to those drivers of, you know, hell yes, and preserving
1: nature and the one team, one culture and say, how did we do? Yeah, my gut tells me that probably Michael will remind me to do that or he'll, he'll have the <laughs> conversation with them, which is probably the, a good feedback loop.
2: That's part of our design process is going kind to of come back, measure how did we do against the criteria that we set forth at the beginning of the project. This isn't the first project we've done with John and Vega, and we hope it's not our last project either. We hope After this, if there's ever an expansion, renovation, you know, our goal is to continue to build a a long-term relationship with Vega and and John, and we want them to pick up the phone and call us for anything in the future, so. Sounds great. Michael
0: Verdier, John Cronenberger, thank you both for your time. Hopefully this was fun for you. Uh, I know it was fun for me, and hopefully I can get invited to that tour when it happens, because I'd love to see what we've done out there in Mason. Consider this your invitation, thank you. Done and done. (laughs) Thank you very much. Thank you for joining Trends and Tensions presented by BHDP for this episode, Vega Americas, manufacturing headquarters for the future with John Cronenberger, co-CEO of Vega Americas and Michael Verdeer, industrial market leader and partner at BHDP. If you appreciate what you've heard, please rate, subscribe and give us a review. I'm Brian Trainer, your host, and I hope you'll join us for another episode of Trends and Tensions to see what topics drive design.